0: WXME AM 780 Monticello Holton Presque Isle might not believe that by the time this next hour is up. Land of the free, home of the sheeple, and run by criminals. Good morning, Aroostook County. (laughs) Sorry to start it off with such a blooming sour note, but I'm just so tired, so tired of the blooming lies and double-talk and crap kind of makes you want to leave the planet. We're coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network, the Conscience of Maine, and around the state. But not this morning so good. Apparently we're having trouble getting the live stream going. Normally it cranks right up, but apparently uh, our producer is pulling his hair out trying to get that live stream going. Normally it would be going out on the live stream to our little microtransmitter network throughout the state, and uh, they are normally broadcasting from Westbrook and the Back Bay of Portland on 88.1 in Bangor and Brewer, 96.5, and Lewiston, 1700 a.m. We are live and on air, 780 a.m., Superstation WXME out of Monticello and uh, around the world on the Internet on TalkShoe.com. And eventually on streama. dot com, but uh, the talk show thing is pretty cool. You can get right in there and join in the conversation. Uh, one of the folks in chat was saying they weren't reading the uh, the conversation in chat as it was being typed in. They were listening and singing along with the the music that I had playing. Anyway, that's funny. Okay, let's see. Where do we start today? What a crazy day! What a booming. Crazy day. Where do you hear this stuff? Let's start with. Let's just start with this. This, this. I don't know why this is. This kind of stuck out, but this is Exodus 22, 10, 11, and 12, out of the Geneva Bible. If a man deliver under his neighbor to keep ass, ox, or sheep, or any beast, and it die, or be hurt, or taken away by enemies, and no man see it. An oath to the Lord shall be between the twain that he hath not put his hand unto his neighbor's goods. And the owner of it shall take the oath, and he shall not make it good. See? An agreement between two people. But if it be stolen from him, he shall make restoration unto the owner thereof. And the next one, it's not here, but it's in double. In double. See, we're supposed to be able to... Our word is supposed to be good. And that's what it's about. If you had... this, I should have done this out of the Amplified. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know if I can quickly switch. Yeah, I bet I can. Watch this. Hmm, Amplified. Ta-da. If a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey ah, or an ox to keep, and it dies or is heard or driven away, no man sees it, then an oath taken an oath before the Lord shall be required between the two that the man has not taken his neighbor's property and the owner of it shall accept his word and not require him to make good on the loss. But if it was stolen when in his care, he shall make restitution to the owner. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, that was just uh, from the for what it's worth department. Let's see, announcements, things that are going on. February is a busy month. February is going to be a crazy busy month. Uh, one of the things that we're doing, uh, just to uh, let you know, I don't want to elaborate on it until it's actually been uh, sent, processed, and in the hands of the um, Maine Supreme Judicial Court. But uh, the governor, as most of you know, has filed a question of the court to um, about the uh, – uh, Workings of and the responsibility of the uh, attorney general. Well, the court asked for input, as they do. It, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of boilerplate. This is the process, and um, so the we the people are filing a friend of the court brief explaining why it is that uh, this shouldn't apply. And we're trying to get the constitutional process in front of the judge so that it's part of the real permanent record. When that is solidified, and I know for sure that it has been sent and received, uh, we'll, uh, we'll read it to you uh, on air. That's probably Friday. I think it has to be in by Thursday. So as long as it's in and we know for sure that it's there, and there's no no cat out of the bag type situation, we'll uh, we'll read you some of that on, and maybe we'll expand on it just a little bit on Friday morning. Okay, uh, Hal Shirtliff is going to be in the county February 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st. So there's 18, 19, 20, 21 February. Uh, how and um, possibly Dan McGonagall will be in St. Agat on the 18th, uh, Fort Kent Rotary on the 19th, uh, Holton at the Horn Restaurant on the 20th, and Caribou and Convention Center on the 21st. Uh, the Caribou and Convention Center um, gig is uh, 9 o'clock, he will be speaking to the Aroostook County Republican Committee, and at noon, uh, it will be uh, an open to the public event. Uh, 26th of February, uh, ooh, Legislative Committee, Maine's 10 Most Powerful uh, People will be in session, as they were a few days ago. and. The, your, your organization, the We the People of Maine dot org people, the We the People of Maine Inc, whatever you want to call it, are on the agenda to speak to address the Legislative Council. That's on the 26th of February at I believe 1:30. But their schedule is really flexible when they have committees that are not finished and blah blah blah, uh, like last um Last Thursday they were, I don't know, probably two thirty before they actually got rolling. But anyway, very interesting process. The ten people that control everything that ends up, whether it gets to the legislators or not, gets to be voted on or debated, even gets to committee, goes through this little, this little charade, and um, we're trying to, we're going to address it. They're gonna, we're going to be on the agenda for the twenty sixth. And let's see what else was. There? Oh yes, there's another one on the 17th. I told you February is a crazy month. February 17th, Hall of Flags, Capitol Building, 1:30 to 3. Uh, the speaker will be Deborah Stevenson from Southbury, Connecticut. She's an attorney, strong defender of constitutional. Of constitutional secured and protected rights of parents and children, and proper education. She's been a very busy person. Um, to facilitate custodial setup and to ensure proper seating, it would be helpful if you would make some provision to let us know how many people are going to be there. You can contact, uh, well, you can get a hold of me at noFDA.com and gmail.com. And I will pass that information on. Or you can get a hold of uh Phil Merletti or Steve Schran. Let's see. Phil is Phil is W I L L O W B E E dot Traveler at Hotmail.com. Willoughby traveler at Hotmail dot com. And Steve is uh, I don't know where where's Steve's, where's Steve? Uh, I'll get you that contact information. I got it right in front of me. I had it in front of me. Where the heck did it go? Goodness. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, oh, this is interesting, just got it in. I'll do this one too if I can find it. Time Warner hosts legislators and Luxury Resort. Oh, what a surprise. Ah, what a surprise. Uh, Let's see, just because it's in front of me, I'm going to do this. Time Warner, the state's largest Internet provider, has wined and dined legislators at the opening of this year's session in hopes of thwarting legislation that would make it easier for cities and towns who want faster Internet connections to become broadband providers themselves. Oh, so this is how it's done. They're having a little get-together at the Inn by the Sea in Cape Elizabeth. How nice. The wining and dining was done at an overnight event. Really? They had to do it overnight? At the luxury Cape Elizabeth Resort. and takes place in the context of Time Warner's nationwide battle against such local efforts to get faster Internet. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Our survey is still open. We want to know what you think. The Main Center for Public Interest Reporting celebrates its fifth anniversary this year. At uh, this milestone, we'd like to help evaluate how to are doing and how we brand our organization. Please take our survey. And um, who is this? Main Center for Public Interest, pinetreewatchdog.org. Interesting. Interesting. So, Time Warner's Time Warner's trying to help you folks. Yep, you gotta know that for sure. Time Warner is trying to help you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, I believe that. Uh, Steve Schran is S S two S. C C-H-R-A-N at A O L dot Steve Schran at AOL dot com is S Schran. <S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S- at AOL.com. If you are inclined to uh, participate in the uh, event with the uh, lawyer Deborah Stevenson on February 17th, Hall of Flags. And um, she will be speaking a lot on her, her primary um, thrust of her talk will be in opposition to the constitutional convention so she'll be very good at that i'm sure uh, i got to know her a little bit at um, out in illinois uh, she's a very sharp very constitutionally oriented uh, i was a little disappointed in the in the end of our get together but uh, without her and some of the other uh, people that really know law and are good at throwing words together. Uh, we would never have gotten the Articles of Freedom done the way it was. Uh, she was very instrumental in helping in making that happen, very uh, well organized. So she did a great job, and I'm sure she will do an excellent presentation there in the Hall of Flags on February 17th from 1.30 to 3. Okay. Nuff's enough. Let's get into let's get into some of the total insanity. Uh huh. Orwell Or Orwell must be just chuckling. This is nineteen eighty four. The nation's first per mile charging system will launch in Oregon july first, twenty fifteen. Not twenty twenty five, folks. It's coming right up. Welcome to the Total Surveillance, Total Technology Merca. Uh-huh. The implementation team for Oregon's road usage charge program enacted by the Oregon legislature last July has qualified three companies to help build and support Oregon's mileage charge collection system you get it, SANF, Verizon, and Azuga. The companies will now pass through the Oregon Department of Transportation certification process in order to provide services to the program's volunteer motorists beginning July 1, 2015. Our vision is to create a reliable, easy-to-use, low-cost, enforceable, and publicly acceptable Open system, said Jim Witte, manager of ODOT's Office of Innovative Partnerships and Alternative Funding. Don't you love the the way they word this stuff. Man, this, I, I couldn't be in charge. I couldn't be the manager of something this deceptive. Jim Witte, manager of... Oregon Department of Transportation's Office of Innovative Partnerships. Hmm, innovative partnerships and alternative funding. Hmm, innovative ways to take your money to fund their projects. Oh, a charge based on measured road use preserves fairness and accountability and supporting the state's system of roads and highways. Wow! They're going to... This is really great. The road usage charge system will automatically collect mileage data from vehicles. A mileage reporting device selected by the motorist will interface with the vehicle and be paired with software to send mileage totals to the chosen account manager. The onboard mileage reporting device may be either basic, does not use location determining technology, or advanced, which uses location determining technology. Uh, right. Really? Uh, this is amazing. We learned in previous pilots the importance of using open technology that will grow the market and work. Seamlessly across account managers. Let's see. Grow with the market. Grow with the market. And work seamlessly across account managers. It's a business. But it's a business that's going to be mandated by law. You are going to put... Oh, this stupid talk shoe thing just knocked me off again. Great! Oh well, can't see what you guys are saying. I'm going to just I'm going to lose it, but it'll be back momentarily. Anyway, they're going to make it a law that you have to be part of this market. What amazing! I'm surprised. Private public partnership. Another one, huh? Oregon Senate Bill. 810 was the first legislation in the U.S. to establish a road usage charge system for state transportation funding. It authorized ODOT to set up a mileage collection system for volunteer motorists beginning July 1, 2015. ODOT may assess a charge of 1.5 cents per mile for up to 5,000 cars and light duty commercial vehicles and issue. A fuels tax credit to those participants. The volunteer program is the start of an alternate method of paying for Oregon's roads. Interesting. Interesting. Where is this going? You can, you can let your little wacky imagination run right crazy with this one. Just crazy. Wow. Okay, so with that in mind we go to the presidential contender that everybody's talking about. This is the, this is the guy who is going to dominate the, the Christian right. He's very well-spoken. I really enjoy listening to him. But Dr. Ben Carson... Says no one has the right to refuse mandatory vaccinations. How's that? How's that freedom and liberty working for you, folks? America, land of the free, except when we want to give you a shot in the arm. Really? Retired pediatric neurosurgeon. You don't get to be a pediatric neurosurgeon without being a pretty bright dude. Hmm? He's Dr. Ben Carson, a possible Republican presidential candidate, is weighing in on the contentious issue of mandatory vaccinations, asserting that people should not be allowed to refuse shots on religious or philosophical reasons. Although I strongly believe in individual rights and the rights of parents to raise their children as they see fit, I also recognize that public health and public safety are extremely important in our society. Hmm. Hmm. Certain communicable diseases have been largely eradicated by indoor plumbing. Oh, no. I'm sorry. (laughs) I lost my head. By immunization policies in this country, and we should not allow these diseases to return. Return. Where are they coming from? By foregoing safe immunization programs. Really, which which ones? The fifteen thousand um, vaccine injured uh, charges. Are those the are those the uh, the safe immunization programs. Uh let's see. The the change from 1 in thousands for autism reactions to 1 in 86 just a just a glitch in the numbers, right? This is the this is the foregoing safe immunization programs. How about the how about the immunization for HPV, what is it? Gardasil. There's another one. I don't know. 15 year old girl? Cause and effect. She got the vaccine and died. Just, I'm mean, being absolutely cause and effect. Healthy, healthy young woman goes to the doctor, gets that stupid thing, and don't you know, he's dead. Wonderful. And, my talk shoe thing is driving me crazy here. Okay, I gotta get back in there. It'll take me just a second. I gotta sign out. And then go back on and sign in from the back side. Otherwise, I knock it all off and mess it up. So now I can do that again. Here we go. Oh I'll get back in there just a second, guys. But isn't that just wonderful? We've got the presidential candidate, or supposedly going to be candidate, talking about the, what you know, don't you know, the uh, mandatory immunizations and all this safety, okay, Gardasil, that's just beautiful, cause and effect, young woman got the vaccine. 48 hours, whatever, she's dead. She didn't have a reaction. Her arm didn't swell up. She died. Now, Ben Carson also doesn't get it on the Second Amendment. He's come right out. Nobody needs automatic weapons. Civilians should not have automatic weapons. And if you live in a populated area... You really don't need to have anything more than a 10-shot clip or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. He really doesn't get it. No concept of freedom, liberty, and personal accountability. Just the corporate structure and communalism. And, oh, yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Then we can have some input. Recent measles outbreak, this is Maine, back to Maine. Maine lawmakers are going to weigh in on vaccinations. This is where you can actually have an input. Uh, We will be addressing this, and it's up to you to get involved. Uh, We're going to need some of your support. You get the message. This is up to us, Maine lawmakers. We'll have a chance. Wait a minute. The recent Mises outbreak that surfaced in Disneyland in California has fired up the debate over vaccinations with high-profile politicians like John Boehner and Chris Christie weighing in on whether you should be mandatorily vaccinated. Don't buy into this crap. Guess what? John Boehner. Oh, yeah. I believe everything he says. Chris Christie. Yeah, him too. Maine lawmakers will have a chance to weigh in on the controversy when they consider a number of vaccination bills this session. Representative Ralph Tucker says he got the idea for his vaccine bill well before the measles outbreak at Disneyland, which has now grown to more than 100 infections spread across 14 states. Really, a whole hundred. Just a whole hundred infections around 14 states. Really, it's measles. Mr. Tucker says, I put it in when I discovered that the rate of unvaccinated kids in our kindergarten in Maine went up to 5.5% in the entering kindergartners. 5.5% didn't have vaccines. My goodness, what happened? What, what Are those kids going to get measles? Jeez, what a nightmare. And by golly, if you haven't been vaccinated, you should... You have to be sent home. Are unvaccinated kids going to make vaccinated kids unvaccinated? This, all this emotional hype is exactly why we're in we're, this position we're in. You've got to pay attention to what these people are saying and and be, be ready to rebuke them. Be ready to stand your ground. This is nuts thinking. So you got five percent of Maine's kindergartners that are going into school unvaccinated. What's that going to do to those other kids? Is it going to? Are, are they going to uh, suck the vaccination out of them? Is it going to migrate in those those other ninety-five percent of kids? Those other kids, are they going to be suddenly uh, lose their immunity to measles? Come on, people. Think about what these lunatics are saying. Tucker says the majority of people who opt out do so on philosophical grounds. The problem with that, he says, is that the decision is not a private matter for one's family. He says it affects three other groups, infants who aren't old enough to get immunized, Excuse me, excuse me. Infants—they give kids immunizations totally, in, in an insane way, at birth, within within hours of being born. They're giving these kids these these doses of poison in their systems. The second group are kids who, for one medical reason or another. Can't get vaccinated. Oh, so there's medical reasons for not getting vaccinated. For one medical reason or another. Can't get vaccinated. I, currently, these people are protected because almost everybody else is vaccinated, so they get this cushion around them. The third group I'm concerned about are vaccinated children for whom the vaccine may not take. Oh, Okay. So the unvaccinated kid comes to school and injures the kid that has been vaccinated, but the vaccine didn't take. It didn't take. Wow. Andrew McLean of the Maine Medical Association says physicians are increasingly concerned about the rising number of Maine parents who take the philosophical exemption. You start losing the benefits of herd immunity once not you drop below about 95% of immunization? Hmm. We're, seeking, we're not seeking to eliminate choice with vaccinations, Stanborn says, but it's not only your child that you're putting at risk. Really? Maine lawmakers will also consider bills that seek to strengthen parents' choice not to vaccinate. Garrett Mason is sponsoring a bill that would create a state vaccine injury office that would provide more transparent data on vaccine injuries. Well, that's interesting. Vaccine injuries? So it's okay. You become the collateral damage because you're damaged Irreversibly, sometimes to the point of a vegetative state, sometimes death by vaccines. Very interesting. Ginger Taylor, one of our group of Brunswick, prompted Mason to sponsor the bill. She says her son had a reaction after receiving the DTAP vaccine when he was 18 months old. Taylor says soon after he was diagnosed with autism. Oh, there's no connection there, really. What I found many years later was that the Federal Vaccine Injury Compensation Program has what's called vaccine encephalopathy, which is vaccine-induced brain damage. They say the pertussis vaccine, which he received, can cause brain damage, the symptoms of which are loss of eye contact, not responding to anything except loud shouts, and not seeming to recognize familiar people or places. Though some parents have cited federal compensation, have received federal compensation for vaccine encephalopathy, studies cited in in the National Institutes of Health have found vaccines are safe and effective and find no clear evidence they trigger these symptoms. Except. When it does, Taylor says her son is now 12 and largely recovered, but the experience has led her to become director of the Maine Coalition for Vaccine Choice. We want the attack on families' rights and wise choices to stop, and what we want is to deal with the actual problems in the vaccine program that are making these parents cautious about getting involved in it and distrusting the vaccine recommendations. So. You can get involved. If you want to get a hold of Ginger Taylor, I can tell you how to do that. Uh, she, is a, she is just absolutely adamant in dealing with this. She does a great job on it. So they're weighing in. And then we have Rand Paul. They're all getting in, the, in this. They've got to get, get their name on the front lines here. Senator Rand Paul doubled down Monday on his earlier comments that vaccines should be voluntary. I don't understand the point of why that would be controversial. He also alleged he was a victim of media bias. The remarks of the Kentucky Republican, who is an ophthalmologic, ophthalmologist by training and a likely 2016 Republican presidential candidate. Interesting. We've got two doctors that want to be president. Hmm. Came as public health officials try to contain an outbreak. What outbreak? A few hundred kids have measles. Maybe it's a little more virulent than it was before. Maybe the maybe the, uh, the stronger strain of measles came across the southern border, folks. Hmm. Uh, officials try to contain this outbreak, believed to be fueled in part by a growing number of families refusing to vaccinate. What if they didn't get a vaccination? What are they? Typhoid typhoid measles, Mary? Mary measles? Typhoid, typhoid measles? Mary measles? Whatever the heck. So the unvaccinated kids are giving everybody measles. Does that make any sense at all to you people? Paul first expressed, Rand Paul first expressed his stance on vaccinations during an interview with conservative talk show host Laura Ingram. Expressing particular concern over mandatory vaccinations for sexually transmitted diseases. Hmm. Closing Bell host Kelly Evans pushed back against the senator, saying, Maybe you're not aware, but there is a huge problem right now caused by parents deciding that the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine is voluntary. Where does she get this stuff? Maybe you're not aware, doctor. That there's a huge problem right now, and it's caused by, and she knows all about this stuff, it's caused by parents refusing to vaccinate their kids. Huh. Paul responded that he has heard of many tragic cases of walking, talking, normal children who wound up with profound mental disorders after vaccines, though so he was not he was sure to note that it wasn't arguing vaccines are a bad idea. Very careful tiptoe around that one there, Mr. Paul. Why don't you just uh, come out and say it. The CDC has studied the alleged relationship between common vaccines like MMR and autism and found no links. That's a total ball-faced lie. Total lie. The exchange stated, stayed heated as the two changed subjects and began discussing the efficacy of corporate tax holidays. At one point, Paul shushed Evans and told her to calm down a bit. Whoa, interesting, interesting. Even Evans also pressed the Republic on Washington Post article about Paul's efforts in the early 2000s to protest the group that certifies ophthalmologists by starting his own National Board of Ophthalmology. Ultimately, Paul was able to certify only about 50 or $60, and the state of Kentucky dissolved the board. Discredit. Absolutely in- incredible. But And it goes on. The, the drum just continues to beat. Just continues to beat. Going to go flying next year? Not me. I have been on a plane years. Don't do planes anymore. Just don't do planes anymore. You know why? Here's one of the reasons. Security for flying in this country is tightening up. And your driver's license just may be your ticket to boarding airplanes in the future. Are you going to drive the airplane? Oh, wait a minute. Does the driver's license test you on whether you uh, get airsick or are subject to oxygen poisoning? Or is it your international identification and tracking device? Your driver's license just may be your ticket to boarding airplanes in the future. Sometime in 2016, the transportation safety creeps will require you to show a security-enhanced driver's license called a real ID card or a passport to board flights. You're going to have to have your papers to get on an airplane. You're going to have to have your papers to go from Bangor to Philadelphia. Your papers, please. And how long before you'll have to do that at the toll booth and the bus station and the train station? Your papers, please. But, you know, it'll be a guy in a suit until it's a guy with an AK-47. Your papers, please. When are we going to not comply? How long are we going to wait, people? How long are you going to say, oh, well, it's only a little inconvenient? Really? We've just been through mandatory vaccines. If you live in a populous area, you shouldn't be allowed to have an automatic weapon. If you're going to travel... You have to have enhanced security identification. When? When are you going to say, no, I will not comply? And not just avoid it, take a real stand, up front and personal. Really. It's a choice, said David Fierro public information officer for the Department of Motor Vehicles. It's not mandatory. It's a choice for secured identification. If you use a passport when you're traveling, you don't have any problems. If you use your driver's license as identification, you'll need to either apply for the real ID card or get a passport. The real ID has a white star with a gold circle around it, in the right top corner of the ID. The regular driver's license will be stamped with not for federal official use. When did the driver's license become federal? When did the driver's license become the national identification card? I've been telling you this stuff for years. This has caught some people by surprise when they get their licenses in the mail, Fierro said. To get a real ID, you need to submit original documents proving your identification, your Social Security number, and your residence. Usually a birth certificate, a power bill, and a Social Security card fulfill that. But you need to take them with you to the Department of Motor Vehicles when you apply. The Department of Motor Vehicles. And what does that have to do with safe operation, safe handling of an automobile on the public way? Not a blessed thing, folks, but it's a small inconvenience to get your mandatory vaccine with your ID and turn in your firearm oh but they wouldn't do that would they your papers please your papers please your papers please and if you don't have your papers then we will haul you off because they do not have to provide you with your constitutionally protected rights stand by And then we have the education department. It's just, when are we going to draw the line in the sand, people? Educations are Lamar Alexander and what he intends to do to your children. Lamar Alexander once claimed... The brand-new American school would be year-round, open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for children 3 months to 18 years. This is the goal. Womb to tomb, workplace. Senator Lamar Alexander, who is heading up the reauthorization of the ESEA effort, has taken aggressive steps to effectually shut down all public comment. Cool. Don't you love it? Your papers, please. Turn in your weapons in this line. Line up here and get your shot. And there's a waiting room over there in case you have any adverse reaction. And there'll be some orange juice. And uh, it's probably got a little extra fluoride in it to make you compliant. Come on, people. Um, if you want to hear, if, if, well, if we could, we could have Jeff Rents on our network. If we had a little support for this, um, actually, we could have just about anybody you want on all day long. All we got to do is come up with a few bucks to handle this. We could have Jeff Rents, Good grief. We could have um, Michael Savage on. We've got a beautiful. Uh, radio station here 780 AM Can be blasting out all of northern Maine western New Brunswick 24-7 with good patriot information here and we're, we're stuck with one or two hours in the morning what's the matter with us it's all the same thing it's all the same problem here it's all the same malaise. Oh, well, it's only one shot. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's 65 shots before a kid's 12 years old or 16 years old. Maybe maybe, it's, maybe the license is just a it's a safety thing. Really? Line up over here. What's on that information? Oh, no, you owe the state some money, so you can't fly today. Well, they wouldn't do that. Really? They wouldn't? Really? Come on, folks. Time to grow up. Time to grow up. So Lamar Alexander is pushing this nasty crap. Bear in mind that America 2000 plan, written in 1991, hmm, was designed to implement the Carnegie Corporation's restructuring agenda, was presented to the American people by President Bush, and the Secretary of Education, Lamar Alexander. The plan proposed to radically restructure American society and was prepared by, amongst others, Chester Finn, former Assistant Secretary, Office of Educational Research and Improvement, and associated with Education Excellence Network. Secretary Alexander claimed the brand new schools would be open six to six, three months to 18 years. Hmm, I wonder what they'll be teaching him. So, there you go. Uh we will have sometime later this week, Friday, Saturday, I'm not sure which, we will have the uh, we will air the uh Jeff Rentz show uh with Charlotte Iserbeat that will be on tonight. If you can't listen to the show tonight on the Jeff Rentz Network, I think they're on GCN. Uh we will we will air that. Uh, in this spot, either Friday or Saturday morning. Maybe we'll run it uh, in the second hour on Saturday. We'll see how that works out. But anyway, that's what that is. And then we have, what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's see. I know what I had up here. Where did it go? Well, we got Sarah Palin calling for a convention of states. Yep. We got... uh, Yep, just got to love it, huh? We've got uh, Convention of States, Convention of States. Let's see. How about a platform? You know what the definition of platform is? Formal declaration of the principles on which a group, such as a political party, makes its appeal to the public. Hmm, That's pretty interesting. That's interesting. Uh, the Maine Republican Party has a platform. And one of the items on that says, moving forward, Maine Republicans will support the following initiatives. And it goes down a list. And Initiative E, so there's A, B, C, D, and E, repeal the Affordable Care Act and all initiated components. <coughs> hmm. Well, that makes sense. I'm I'm, I'm I'm on with that. I'm down with that. Um, Bruce Poliquin votes against repeal of Obamacare. One of only three Republicans to do so. Interesting. Interesting. Um, platform. Platform. Declaration of principles on which a group such as a political party makes its appeal to the public, interesting, that it makes its appeal to the public based on the declaration of principles in the platform, but doesn't have to do them, just has to appeal to the public to get money to run for office. And then, instead of following the appeal to the public that's stated in the platform, we just do it. Whatever we want, Parlequin votes against repeal of Obamacare. Only one of three Republicans to do so. Now, Bruce also voted to keep John Boehner as Speaker of the House. Sarah Palin is endorsing Convention of States. Ben Carson thinks vaccines should be mandatory and you should turn in your high-capacity clips. You getting the picture here, folks? You're being lied to. Just totally being lied to. But it's okay because the school system is going to teach your kids to turn you in. It's right under your nose, people. Do you listen to the doctor, the nurse, when they're asking you all those questions, when you go into the op for your annual checkup? Really? Got any problems at home? Are there guns in the house? Does anybody smoke in your house? NODB folks when are we going to put a stop to this we're not because we keep endorsing the the charade Sarah Palin's calling for convention of states hello lady the states are supposed are the way the the federal government is authorized. The states, our individual sovereign states, the 50 sovereign states of America, 50 sovereign states give up a certain portion of their authority for the federal government. So, how is it that an unconstitutional state is going to? force an unconstitutional federal government into being constitutional? How is it that you think that an unconstitutional state is going to suddenly have the foresight to find constitutionally oriented delegates to go to a convention of states to write a bunch of stuff on a piece of paper that the federal unconstitutional government is going to suddenly want to obey? Where do we come up with this crap? The the, the Article 5 is in there for a reason. The Article 5 convention is in there for a reason. It would only work if you have the assumption, make the assumption that you have a moral and religious people, a moral and righteous people being elected to government. They made sure that that wasn't going to happen back in the very early 1900s when they made sure that at Tavistock, that they infiltrated the universities and the seminaries so that we would destroy the moral fiber, we would put people in to office that you could not trust, and then we're going to have a convention of states based on the article the Article five of the main, of the federal constitution, and that's that's our emergency ripcord. No, it's not working. We don't have a constitutional state. We don't have a federal constitutional government. So the federal Article 5 is not the repair. It's not going to work. Especially when, if you look at what's going on here, you have Ben Carson who is going to be the, the fair-haired child of the, the Christian right, thinks that vaccines should be mandatory and you should get in line and turn in your oversized clips. And Bruce Parlequin doesn't want to repeal Obamacare. He wants a better Republican version. Do you get what's going on here, peeps? When are we going to do something about it? Just talking on the radio doesn't do anything. Some of us are as active as we can be, but it gets pretty lonely out there, folks. You know, it's coming down to put up or shut up. It really is. We better think about this stuff, because it's coming. You can't see it. It's coming. TSA? Really? Real ID? You thought it was dead. No, sorry, it's not. Cradle to grave. Womb to tomb. Workforce training. Follow the child. Charter schools. No local board. Corporate structure. Really, forced vaccines? Hmm. Everything's okay though. Everything's okay. We'll get through this. We'll come out on the other side, smelling like roses because we're Americans. We're all stupid too. Okay, let's um, get involved, will you, folks? Go to WeThePeopleOfMaine.org. Give us a call. Call Phil. Call Wayne. Wayne is recovering. Our, our friend Wayne Leach is recovering from the brain surgery. Um, I don't know that he's, how active he's going to be. He will be in the background at the very least, helping to uh, read and correct some of our paperwork, as uh, he is the consummate paperwork generator. So, but he's there. He's not going away, hopefully. And um, I guess we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes but we need some more people. We need good people to get involved. You're not going to get involved. Stop complaining. Just uh, I hope the chains of slavery weigh lightly on your shoulders. And you can support us. We would gladly have your business on here. We would gladly support your efforts in whatever you're doing. You can support us in any way. We'd appreciate that. County vacuum, countywide vacuum is John Cabin. John Cabin sells the perfect vacuum and services the rest. Give him a call. He'll send vacuum cleaner bags anywhere in the country. That's how it works, folks. 207-492-1492. 207-492-1492. John Cabin. countywide vacuum. And, boy, it's chilly in the Caribou area today. Holy old smokes. 20-something plus below zero. Once you get past 20 below, the the, the, next few, the next few degrees below doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Man, it's cold out there. But uh, stop at Willet's Variety. Get some hot coffee and artery-clogging donuts, Chester-fried chicken. Fill up the sled and hit the trails. The trails are absolutely groomed to perfection all over Aroostook County. Come up and say hello and uh, play and have fun and have a good time in Aroostook County. Stop at Willet's Variety on Sweet Street and Caribou. we at Crossroom Caribou Performing Arts Center. Also, in Bangor, they have the best supplement selection in the state, bar none. Stop into the health food store there, Natural Living Center, 209 Longview Drive in Bangor. See what they have. I get to hang out there once in a while and help people with some of their uh, health and nutrition needs. Lots of good information, good folks, well-stocked, soup to nuts, granola, beans, beans bulk items, personal care, all the good stuff. If you've got any questions, give them a call, 207-990-2646, 990-2646, Natural Living Center in Bangor, Maine. Thanks for being with us today, folks. Have a great day. We'll see you on the radio. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Halton, Presque Isle.